It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn. Your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What a great weekend. Holy cow. This is Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, intern Jaws is even here. Pappas, what a what a weekend for Auburn football. Dude, I'm jazzed. I'm pumped. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize to you right now because I might just yell a bunch and make it very difficult on you. That's fine. Because this is, I'm jazzed. I don't know how we're not riding a uh, a full one day high today. Especially you and me. I mean, our NFL teams even won. That's true. So like, I mean, like, wow. I, I it, can't. It was, even... it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Jaws, good weekend. Yes or no? I said it so many times Saturday, just randomly. I, I, I lost count of how many times I said it. Just like sitting there on the couch, I'm like, yeah, this is a good day. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, so we're going to give you uh, our reaction to Auburn's 29-13 to win over Kentucky. Um, Bo Nix may be the most improved player in the SEC. Uh, also, we'll give out our players of the game. I'll tell you right now, Daquan Newkirk blew me away. 44 was around the football time and time again. And then uh, we will get to some of your responses as well. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Right now, they're 10 off promo code um, 10OFF. Uh, $10 off to Mama Mocha's currently, Moe's Barbecue, and Piazza Roman Pizza. So be sure to check those out. And of course, you can still use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. Talk to the folks that fetched me. A lot of you guys came in town and used them. We appreciate that, and I'm sure that you guys will uh, make that a habit now because you see that they kind of they know what's going on more than anybody else in the market, and it's not even close. So head, head over to FetchMeDelivery.com or search Fetch Me in your phone's App Store. All right, yeah. So Auburn won twenty nine to thirteen, and I think uh, the 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 obvious takeaway here is how clean the offense looked. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my my number one takeaway after going back, um, especially about the offense, was how easy the first drive looked. I mean, they had one play that wasn't positive, like just objectively a very positive play Mm -hmm. and it was a fade to Seth Williams, which, you know, they only came back to twice later in the game for touchdowns. Yeah. I don't like the goal line fade, but when Seth just kind of embarrasses a dude and says, I'm your daddy, like he did uh, (laughs) later in the game, it's like, okay, it's stuff like that that makes the goal line fade worth it. But in general, I don't think it's a positive play, but if you have a guy like Seth, it's kind of like, ah, okay. Yeah. Give him a chance to do it. Yeah, it's one of those plays where when the guy catches it, incredible play call. Great play call. And when the guy doesn't catch it or it's a bad throw, it's just the dumbest play call you ever could have made. Well, it's like when when Auburn decided to go for it 
early in the game. And Auburn fans are like, what in the world? Why didn't you kick the field goal? And I'm like, what? You guys always want him to go for it. What are you talking about? Yep, I loved it. I, I did too. Uh, I, I did too. And then people are like, take the points. I'm like, you have never said that once watching Auburn football. Mm-hmm. Get out of here with that. Yep, absolutely. I saw someone on Twitter who who, who said something like, um, they tweeted out something that was like, uh, me every year before this one, we got to throw intermediate passes. <laughs> me in the second half. We got to establish the run. <laughs> Maybe it's me. <laughs> That's relatable, though. But yeah, I mean, talk about those intermediate passes. Devion Capers, um, he had a great one, like a 15-yard in. Are yep. you kidding me? Are you kidding me? In an Auburn offense? It was so awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Pappas, uh, any other intermediate throws that you were pumped about? I, just on that first drive, you got the out route to Seth Williams True. for like 17 mm-hmm. yards. Um, at one point they said on the broadcast that throws between 10 and 25 yards, Bo had like four of them in the game at whatever point they were talking about. And he had six all of last season. Right. And I was like, man, this is incredible. Like, this is just, it's just different already. It's different. And that was, it was so fun to watch. It was a lot of things that we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. In the offseason, I, I think they answered a lot of questions. I think so. I think so. Even involving the tight end, nothing extremely downfield, but they were getting looked at. I think that's exciting. As far as um, as far as far what the offense looked like, and I, I'm going to be the Debbie Downey here for a second, but I think some of that had to do with the fact that like Auburn could not run the football, and it's been really interesting to look at kind of what the market share was there, DJ Williams led with eight carries. Sean Shivers was the starter, six carries. Tank Bixby got six. And I think that's interesting. One, because Mark Anthony Richards' name was not mentioned just now. But mm-hmm. Sean Shivers getting six, he limped off the field, did not play in the second half. A lot of people, uh, the TV broadcast did not uh, grab that at all. I had to hear that after the fact with folks that went to the game and covered it. So I thought that was interesting. And it kind of makes you wonder... Because they didn't go to tank at all when Shivers was available. And I kind of wonder what the, the balance would have been had Shivers not got hurt. But all of the folks that have been against Sean Shivers being the feature back of this offense said he can't handle the, the, the carries. He can't handle you know that many carries a game. And then uh, you know he kind of goes out. I hate that for him. It didn't look serious based on what we've heard so far. It doesn't seem too serious. I think he'll be back against Georgia next week. But it's something to look at. It absolutely is. Um, I also noticed no Mark Anthony Richards. I thought that was strange. Um, I, I mean, Tank Bigsby, the first time Auburn's, you know, quote-unquote offense, it was a kick return, but the first time they touched the ball, Tank Bigsby runs someone over. I, yeah, I then, thought, he, then he regained his balance, by the way. I, I thought Tank Bigsby was incredible. Jaws is smiling so big right now with you talking about Tank Bigsby. It's crazy. <laughs> Especially with a, a true freshman, or I thought he was incredible for a true freshman playing in his first career game, especially for it being uh, an SEC game. I think Mark right? Anthony I mean, is not a part of this running back stable as far as like relevant snaps this year. I, I said it, you know. I, I think there's going to be a guy left out, and we were kind of like, "Is it DJ?" Uh, ba- 
based on we have not seen Malzahn kind of reverse his uh, his feelings on a running back once the season has started. We just haven't seen it. And I think Mark Anthony is um I, I don't think we're gonna see much of him at all this year. And that may be true. Uh, I, I hate it for I, him. I tweeted this during the game. I think Tank Williams is better or Bigsby. Sorry, Tank Bigsby is better than DJ Williams. And <laughs> I, I think DJ had better hope that they don't keep giving Tank touches because if Shivers and Tank are both going to get touches, DJs are just going to go down. And I thought that Mark Antony would be a bigger part of the rotation day one. Doesn't look like he is, but um, I, I think DJ's playing time is going to continue to go down because yeah. the only good run that he had this whole game, the only good touch he had this whole game was the touchdown. Right, and it was from a yard out. So it's like, how, how impressive is was, that? Yeah, and there was no one in front of him. They washed everyone down the line. Yeah, down blocks across so, the whole front. Absolutely. Um, we'll continue to talk about the offense, move to the defense uh, in just a moment. Um, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Uh, you can head to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. Built Bar, uh, the, the best snack. I mean, th- this protein bar, it, it genuinely tastes like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% chocolate. But you look at the label, very low calorie, very low sugar, very high protein, and it keeps you full for longer. I absolutely love this product. Highly encourage you to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first box. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Just a quick shout-out and something cool we're going to do this week, or we're going to try this out. Uh, Our friends at Shady Rays, we're going to be giving away a pair of Shady Rays to a listener this week. I mean, these are nice, nice sunglasses. Michael, you wear yours all the time. I wear mine pretty much every day. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a word each day, and at the end of the week, you'll need to text all five of those words to our hotline at 205-502-4285 for a chance to win. So uh, in the meantime, though, head over to ShadyRace.com. You can use promo code AUBURN25, A-U-B-U-R-N-25, for 25% off your order. Um, yeah, I, I think they're the best sunglasses on the market. But today's word is Jaws. J-A-W-S. Shout out intern Jaws. But today's word is Jaws. Uh, so moving on about the offense, I mean, Seth Williams has the chance, and we've talked about this over the last few weeks, but he has the chance to have the best season for an Auburn receiver ever and to do it in 10 games. He's on pace to do it right now. Yeah, he was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, he had an incredible game. It seemed like he was always open. Like every time that, um, every time both threw him the ball, it was like, oh, he's just open again. Right. Right. I'm curious to see what that looks like against a better team like Georgia. I think we'll, we will learn that this weekend. Yeah. I, I get that. But I mean, even when we talked to the, the Kentucky writer last week, I mean, he was saying, their secondary was very good. That's a good point. And I don't want to say Bo carved him up. It's not like he threw for 623 yards or anything. Did somebody do that um, this week? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, LSU. Yeah. But you're, you're right, though. I mean, talking to the Kentucky um, the t- 
uh, Dylan last week who who writes about Kentucky. He kept saying, you know, the strength is the defensive backs. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even like Eli Stove's touchdown, Eli got behind him, and Bo laid it in there perfectly. Um, Schwartz made their life difficult. I mean, yeah, I, that, that's a good point, and I kind of forgot that he said that until you just brought it up. So I think there's only two more things I'd like to bring up about the offense. Uh, the first one, they're still trying to figure out the offensive line. Um, I think we expected that. Yeah. They were still moving some different pieces around. It looked like in the second half they, they may have settled on five guys. Um, it's weird. I, I can't stress this enough, though. I mean, the one the one like constant throughout the game was Brandon Council. And this is a Brandon Council this podcast. This is a Brandon Council podcast. Yeah. Can't, yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. can't stress that enough. Yeah. Can't stress that enough. Um, I Apparently Troxel went in at left tackle, but every time I looked, it was Alex Jackson in there, which surprised me. Um, saw Keandre Jones, Tayshawn Manning switching in and out. Um, but I feel like the group that they started with is who they're going to go with. Really? Where, I, I where, have where, no idea. Okay. All right. I mean, it... I thought the shuffling kind of stopped. I don't know, man. It, it's hard. F- it's hard to while you're watching the game be like, "Oh, okay, they're subbing out the right guard." Yeah, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, like, you, 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 that's just not something you need to do. But they're yeah. doing it to learn, and Auburn's not the only team doing it. So, um, we'll see. You they'll go- figure it out. I, I, I'm confident that they'll figure that out, right? Like that's yeah. Uh, and the last thing is Bo Nix. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it right at the top. He was awesome. He looks he, so much better. He was awesome. Um, I thought he was better running the ball. Yeah. I thought he was better throwing the ball. I thought he was looked more comfortable. His release um, was quicker. I mean, it's like he's throwing darts out there. His yeah. steps look better. There's still times where he wants to leave the pocket, and you can tell he wants to, and he doesn't. And there were sometimes he just left the pocket too early, uh, just uh, you know, because uh, it's just going to be tough for him to overcome that. But uh, I wonder how often. Some of that is like he's trying to get himself a throwing lane. Because, like, I wouldn't mind if he left the pocket, planted his feet, and threw the ball. Like, on the touchdown pass to Seth. Yeah, but he's, not, like but he he's, just, he's just not doing that, though. He's, he's backing yeah. up, and he's just throwing off his back foot. And it's weird. You know, I was watching the game in studio. Dan Peck was with me because we were doing after the game on ESPN 106.7. And I'm like... You know, it's great that that works because earlier on that drive, he found Seth throwing off his back foot as well. And it's like that's awesome, but I hope it, it. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like when you know a basketball player takes the ball down the court and shoots a really bad three three seconds into the shot clock and he mm-hmm. makes it. And it's like no, because then he's going to keep doing it. And so I, if Bo can just kind of get that consistency down to where he's stepping into his throws, it's only going to make him better. But the fact that he's able to pull it off with just his natural arm talent is crazy. Yeah, I, I completely agree, because I wouldn't. Yeah, it's like I don't mind him leaving the pocket early as long as he stops. And mm-hmm. and on that Seth Williams touchdown throw, I think in the first half, um, that was a perfect pass. Right. right. I mean, there were three Kentucky guys right there, and he puts it up in the air where only Seth can go get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, so I don't know. I feel like in the grand scheme of things of the stuff that we were – looking for Bo Nix to, you know, improve on or stop doing or what, like, he nailed it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He Bo- got a lot. All right, well, 
through one game, it looks like he got a lot better. I think so. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's no slouch for sure. And he didn't have a running game to help him. I think the running game's going to get better as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least it needs to. If it doesn't, I think Auburn will face uh, – they'll be in trouble in a few games this season. Jaws, you got anything it's also on? worth noting that he has no reason to really trust this offensive line. I mean, at some point, you've got to trust it. As the quarterback of an offense, you've got to trust it because the offense is better if you do. But I agree. I, it's tough. It's easier said than done. Yeah, this is the first. I mean, this is their first game, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I understand being a little tentative about a completely new offensive line. Right. So, Jaws, and I thought for the most part he did great. Jaws, do you have any thoughts on the offense? Highest passer rating on passes ten yards plus downfield in Week Four over Trask. And over Mac Jones. Bo Nix. I love that. I love that. Um, all right, let's jump into the defense in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, people uh, people have been overreacting to the defense. It's crazy how much hate I've seen Auburn fans throw at this defense, and they gave up 13 points. And the, um, and, and the response is, well, they should have given up one more, uh, but Roger McCreary got the pick. And I'm like, but Roger McCreary got the pick. So uh, I, I know I know it's cool to like hate on things and complain on things, but uh, I, I think giving up 13 points is, is fine. I think it's absolutely fine. And when you look at what the defense did in the season opener last year against Oregon, now granted Oregon's offense last year was better than Kentucky's this year, sure. But just the the, the fact when you look around all of college football, or really the SEC yesterday, and you saw how sloppy a lot of teams looked, looking at you, Georgia and LSU, it's like no. I think Auburn's defense was actually pretty good on Saturday. I thought they were awesome. Me too. Uh, I thought they were awesome. Uh, my biggest takeaway from the defense was that the big names showed up. Mm-hmm. There were three or four times where you saw KJ downhill Britt get downhill and meet the back in the hole. Right. I mean, there were, I think, one or two times the guy ended up getting the necessary yards or whatever, but it's like that's what you want to see. I thought Tyron Truesdale was awesome. I thought he was great. Um, Big Cat, I know he didn't really play, but it, it was kind of like he didn't play, and then they put him in when Kentucky had the ball on like their own one-yard line, and Auburn almost got the safety. Right. And th- that might have been the only play that Big Cat was in the game, and they almost got a safety. Um, I thought Christian Tut, that was the best game he's ever had by far. Yeah, so if, if I knew nothing about Auburn football – and was just kind of watching the game yesterday for the first time, I would have thought Christian Tut and Jalen Simpson were the best defensive backs on the field. Yeah, uh, the the defensive backfield definitely got worse when Simpson got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And Roger McCreary. 36 looks weird on him, right? Jaws is nodding yes. Dude, all the numbers look weird. They do. I, That's true. That's really true. Thirty-six should not be on a corner, and he's so small. I mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Put Wait, a single who, digit on we, him. Who's wearing thirty-six? Simpson. Uh, Simpson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's like his pads are too big. I don't know. I don't know. He needs to like yeah. hang out with Smoke Monday more. He needs some milk. 
Roger McCreary. Um, I heard his name one time, and it was during the pick. Right. That's, that's what I want for my number one corner. That's and a then, good point. Um, we'll get to this later in, in the next little thing that we talk about. Um, did you know Zacoby McLean was number nine now? That's new, right? That is new, but I, I knew that, yes. I hate the new numbers. I hate them. Dude, zero looks so good out there. Yeah, no, that one's great. And okay. it, honestly, I'm, I thought he was number zero last year. It look, he doesn't look any different. <laughs> he just dropped the one. <laughs> I had to look up who number nine was like three times. Fair enough. The first time I saw him on the field, I was straight up like, who's that? I didn't have I an issue like, with the defense, but the offense, I was like, who's 80? And why does he look so lanky? It's like, oh, it's Sevion Capers. He's eight feet tall. That's why. I mean, that's a that's a freshman and understandable. But like, I don't even know, man. It was like I had I don't even I had so much trouble with the new numbers. Even yeah. Schwartz wearing number one. Right. I was just like, wait, what? Um, yeah, num- the number nine really threw me off to the point that I was like, who's McLean? <laughs> <laughs> What is happening? Oh, chainsaw. <laughs> I literally looked it up, and I was like, I'm an idiot. That's funny. Um, all right, who, um, who, who were some players that played more than uh, than you expected to? Uh, number one for me is going to be Nehemiah Pritchett, uh, and I thought he had a tough game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought we saw in this one why Simpson won the job. Nothing wrong with it, right? But um, I, I thought we did see that. Um, mine is uh, Alec Jackson. I did not think he would start, but I think he is this team's left tackle moving forward. All right, uh, I'll go with uh, Zevion Shrug Capers. Um, watch, I thought he watch, played more than Shrug. What's that? What? Shrug. Oh yeah, did, did you not see that? No. Oh, my gosh. He false started, and then the defensive back for Kentucky, um, like, pointed at him and pointed at the ref, and then the ref, like, blew the whistle, and the defensive back for Kentucky just, like, popped him in the shoulder pads and, like, shoved him backwards, and Zevion just turned around and shrugged, like, what just happened? I didn't do anything. <laughs> Why did he just hit me? I totally missed that. That's funny. Um, another one of the guys that played more than I was expecting, Colby Wooden. Number 25 was on the field all the time. Uh, he, he seemed... wasn't he, he's a starter. <clears throat> yeah, but I just kind of assumed it'd be one of those things where Rodney would just rotate him out, but he wanted Colby Wooden in the game. Okay. A lot of that has to do with uh, personnel in the second half. I mean, they went very heavy in the second half to stop Kentucky's run game, and it worked. But, yeah, Kobe Wooden was the guy I'm like, wow, he's he, he is going to be a staple of this defense this year. Uh, JJ certified big boy, Pegues. He's a big boy. There's no question about it. Um, he played more than I thought he would, and he looked awesome. And no one on that in that Kentucky secondary wanted anything to do with him. Uh, he would horrify me if he was running towards me. It would be. He's it would an be offensive bad. lineman who moves like a wide receiver, um, and has the swag of a defensive back. It's just, <clears throat> I, I'm like, I'm so excited. All right, we got to get to a list of responses. Anybody else you want to mention? Um, Luke Deal. Uh, I put Zacoby McLean on my list because every time that I saw him on the field, I had to look up who he was because he switched numbers. Okay, and 
Zakevius Walker. Really? I feel like we didn't see as much of him as I thought we would. Um, he was on the field, so that's more than I expected. Okay, fair enough. Also, he's got that neck, The if I'm not mistaken, he's got the little neck. It's not a roll, but it's the thing that like... Like the fullback square? Yeah. Yeah. Looks like a... Looks like a uh, a real cool guy. A lot so, of swag. So we would uh, we love your responses. 205-502-4285. Um, Jack from Atlanta says the numbers may not back it up, but I think Tank is our best option at running back. Um, Rogers going to be all SEC. Number fourteen looked lost out there. Owen Papo is kind of good, but only a little at Jaws. Jaws, your thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, Papo was one of my players of the game. Really? Yeah. 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 Pretty good. You heard it here first. Jaws said Owen Papo is going to be good this year. And he's and, and you were correct. I was right. So far, you were on the money there. <clears throat> um, I don't think Tank is uh, the best option of running back yet. I think he could be by the end of the year. Um, I think the offense looked best when Shivers was in. But if Shivers is going to, I mean, he, he needs to be available. That's kind of been the biggest thing there. But, um, Michael, anything you want to respond to with that? Jack from Atlanta? Um, no, I, I think he pretty much nailed it. Wow. Nailed, nailed it. it. All right, Colonel Steve uh, wrote us a book here, <clears throat> which is fine because he's the gloat. Like the offense under Morris, Tank is the best back and needs more carries. Seth is the man, but we have to feed other receivers. Offensive line has to improve. Their D-line constantly had pressure on Bo. The defense was superb in second half. Gave up three long drives all game. Love, love, and all caps, our two cornerbacks. Simpson is the real deal. UK offensive line was exceptional, but our D-line was effective all game. But we need to improve our pass rush. Still not a fan of Smoke Monday. I think he is the weak link in the secondary. Those three turnovers were huge. Without them, we might have lost to a very good UK team with a suspect quarterback. I think Colonel Steve nailed it. Really? Yes. What do you disagree with there? I don't think Smoke Monday is the weak link in the secondary, Yeah. first of all. Um, I do think the UK <laughs> offensive line was very good. Uh, RD line was awesome, especially in the second half. If I'm not mistaken, they held Kentucky to like two yards per rush or fewer. And I know some people on Twitter and and in these internet streets have been saying like, oh, Kentucky was the better team. They have the better stats or whatever. Kentucky had the ball for the whole game. Right. <laughs> so the, the fact that they scored 13 points is crazy impressive. The D-line, uh, I thought, did a really good job against – Maybe the best offensive line in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the best offensive line that they're going to play this season. So, um, I, I, yeah, I thought they were. Other than that, I, I do think that um, I think Colonel Steve pretty much nailed it. Uh, I'm still not convinced Terry Wilson completed three passes further than like, I don't know, seven yards down the field. Yeah, and you knew that going into it, though. But, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree. I thought with they might there. like take a shot or something. That's true. Every time we threw the ball, it, it seemed like, like even when it was a, just a straight drop, he he was still only throwing it four yards down the field. It flat was it was digs. kind of ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of flat action. All right, um, another listener. I don't think that he he included his name. First and foremost, disappointed Sean Chavez was absent in the second half. I hope not due to injury. Looks like it was uh, just just kind of speculation, but it does look like it does. Uh, really like the way they rotated. It gives me more questions and answers. Everyone who touched the ball had good things to talk about. If Bo Nix didn't quiet your doubts in himself or Chad Morris, go be an Arkansas fan. Love the shade. If Ooh. you talk, if you take away 
throwaways. The young man was 16 for 23. That's touching 70%. 10 of those 16 were for a touchdown or a first down. He kept two different drives alive with his legs. He is flat out impressive. The defense really has to get its legs underneath it. However, great tackling. I think Auburn didn't miss a handful of tackles the whole game. That was impressive to watch. Jacoby McLean, number nine, was doing things that won't hit the stat sheet. Looked great. There were flashes of top-tier defense, and there were gut-wrenching mistakes. I officially vote this to be a J.J. pulling on the pull Piggy's podcast. You think Jaws stand in there and take... Do you think Jaws would stand in there and take a pulling block from big number 89? Jaws, what are your thoughts on that? You know, Zach, you know me. I'm not scared of anything. I love that about Except you. Except maybe trying to stop a 300-pound man. He's a big boy. That is, He is a big boy. He's a big boy. Um, well, all right. Uh, we're officially going with JJ Certified Big Boy Pagese. Yeah, yeah like that, that's, that. That, that's what we're going with there. That's, that's what we're going with there. And I can't stress enough, this is a Brandon Council podcast. Uh, last one, because we don't have time to get into the voicemails. If we don't win in Athens this weekend against Stetson Bennett, and we're the best team every year, regardless of facts and logic UGA, I'm not sure I'll ever feel confident going into Athens, regardless of circumstances ever again. I feel like I did in 2016, and I don't ever want to experience that again. I feel that, and we're going to turn our focus to Georgia tomorrow. We'll start breaking that game down. Let's each give two, uh, two players of the game. Um, I'll go first in Jaws, then Pappas, and then we'll kind of go each there. Um, first is my player of the game is Daquan Newkirk. Hadn't gotten a whole lot of credit um, on you know any of the message boards or Auburn Twitter or even our responses here on Locked on Auburn. I think Daquan Newkirk was exceptional, and I think by nature that position is set up in Kevin Seals' defense to not get a whole lot of attention, and he still drew a lot of attention on Saturday, just not enough. In my opinion, he was everywhere. He moved extremely well. And if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, I think he can be a big, big, big part of this defense. And I think he can get drafted. Uh, I really do if he can stay healthy. So Daquan Newkirk is uh, is one of mine. Jaws? Uh, I think my two are going to be Roger McCreary. Well, just give us one right now. Okay. Roger McCreary, uh, four tackles, one interception, had a couple of beautiful pass breakups. Dude was all over the field, and he played like a number, number one corner. He played really, really well. Like one of the listeners said, very happy with our two corners. Mm-hmm. Um, second player, uh, Owen Papo. Okay. I mean, he's going to be player of the game every single week for me, regardless of anything. Do, Seven, you, do, you, do you still think he's going to be good this year? I think. I think we're just gonna we're just gonna have to see how he progresses. You know, I'm 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 a, I'm a little optimistic, but you know, we'll see how that goes. I love it. All right, Pappas. Uh, my first player of the game is going to be Gus's outfit. I yes, think he absolutely yes. nailed it. I hope he wears it uh, all season. I thought he nailed it. He, I thought he did a great job of honoring Coach Die and kind of putting his own spin on it. And for something like that, I don't really think you can do a better job than than he did. Because if he just dresses up straight up like Pat Die, I think it's more like a costume. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it looked natural to some extent, mm-hmm. but it also was like, oh, yeah, you're doing this for a nod for Coach Dyer. That's all. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. My other player of the game is uh, Eli Stove. I loved how he kind of modified his game a little bit because he hasn't done a whole lot downfield, and I think he has the skill set and the ability to do it. He just hasn't really so far in his career at Auburn, and he did on, uh, on Saturday, especially that long touchdown pass from Bo. That was a really difficult play from Eli and Bo, but they both made it look extremely easy, and I think that's something that um, that we need to kind of 
point at and say, wow, that was a, that was a big step forward. I know, I know a lot of people have been on the Schwartz train, and Schwartz looked really good on Saturday, but I still think, I said this all offseason, I still think Eli Stove's the number two receiver in this offense, and I think he showed that on Saturday. Yeah, um, one of my takeaways from this game is that uh, everyone needs to keep in mind that um, the players, if they'd like, all get an extra year of eligibility after this season. It does not count against them, a.k.a. we could have another year of Eli Stove. I hope we do. I hope we do. Michael, who's your last one? And we got to wrap this up. Uh, my last player of the game is going to be the students. Um, 17,000 people in the stands, 12,000 were students, and it sounded loud in there. Um, and after the game, Gus said that he was very complimentary of the students who came out and stayed for the whole game and, and cheered on the team. So I'm going to go with the students. Uh, there Sweet. were a lot of stadiums that did not do a good job. I thought Jordan Hare was great. Yeah, I think the uh, only students is definitely the correct way to make it louder, for sure. Pappas, where can people find you, bud? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. Jaws? Follow me on Twitter, at Daltober. I'm on Twitter, at Z Blackberry. The show's on Twitter, at LockedOnAuburn, and on Instagram, at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as we turn our focus to Auburn versus Georgia, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.